Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Oh, praise God. Well, welcome back to Wisdom and Stuff podcast. This is Daryl Boucher. And uh, in this uh, session, we're going to be getting into um, just our relationship to God and His Word. And specifically, though, uh, there's a specific aspect to our relationship to God and His Word that that I think sometimes gets uh, maybe, I don't know, neglected or something, or just doesn't get highlighted that that I believe should. And, and I think without certain foundational keystones, um, it really it, 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 it provides a, a stable foundation for everything else we're going to do. And so sometimes we'll neglect certain things that are that are just paramount. They're paramount to our foundation. And when we neglect those things, we wonder why nothing else is really working. Uh, well, one of the aspects of God's Word in Hebrews chapter 6, it mentions it. Uh, and uh, let me just read that. And then it also mentions the same principle in Titus chapter one, but in Hebrews chapter six, he's talking about when God, uh, he when he gave a promise to Abraham, and it says that he confirmed it by an oath, and then he says in verse eighteen that by two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters into that which is within, within the veil. Now. He makes this one statement. He says it's impossible for God to lie. And in Titus chapter 1, it says that we know that God cannot lie. Okay, now, this is, this. I think this attribute right here, I just want to focus on this, and I want us just just today just to to meditate on this. And what I mean by that is is ponder this. Allow this to come out of your mouth. Allow this to, to come up. To, to, to meditate means to mutter to yourself. Allow your heart and your mouth to engage with this truth that it's impossible for God to lie. Now, the funny thing about, about this is that, you know, I don't know of any Christians that wouldn't agree with that. I don't think that anybody is is going to jump up and say, nope, I think God can lie. No, I think God's a liar. I, I don't think anybody is is adversely opposed to the principle that God cannot lie. I just don't think that we're actually walking in the fruit of that truth. I don't think we're walking in or, or meditating on that enough to really allow our consciousness to live like that is accurate. And um, and I, I here's here's just why it's because I I really I firmly understand that if if my, yeah, I'm talking about myself here if I knew and if I actually walked in this principle that God cannot lie if I actually walked that out to its accuracy to its fullness then my life and my relationship to God and His Word in this world around me would look totally differently. Because if I believe that God cannot lie and in there in Hebrews it says it's impossible for Him to lie. If it's impossible for him to lie, then everything he's told about me or told me or told or spoken to me through his word, whether it be the written word of God or whether it be audibly to me or in prayer or in visions or in dreams, I would know that that is truth and that I can bank on that, right? And, uh, and the, the, the problem is, is that I think we still have a wait-and-see mentality toward God's Word, or we still have some kind of qualification to it. And, and I don't think we intend to... Uh, discount God's word as being accurate. I don't think we intend to to call him out as being a liar or anything else, but we don't 
act like his that it's impossible for him to lie. We don't act that way. Otherwise, faith would be immovable. Faith would never be a question for us. We would never have an issue with faith ever if we believed that God could not lie. Because faith is trusting that somebody's words and actions are going to line up, right? That's what faith is. And so Faith is relational. Faith is not just a magical Christian word, uh, you know, where we just, you know, blindly believe something. Faith is relational. Faith is where I know somebody and I know that their words and actions are going to line up. And so when they say something and I know them well enough to know that they're going to do what they're going to say, then, hey, you know, I, 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 it's settled. The moment they said it, it is settled. And, and that's why he even says in Hebrews chapter six, that when he was talking to Abraham, he confirmed it by an oath. He literally gave God, he gave Abraham an oath saying, if this doesn't come to pass, I'm no longer God. Because it says he couldn't find anything greater to swear by, so he swore by himself. He literally said, "Okay, my godship is on the line here. If I if this doesn't happen, I'm not God, and that should settle it, right? Because it's impossible for God to lie, and the reason it's impossible for him to lie is because he he is truth. He doesn't carry attributes; he carries nature, and so so he doesn't. God doesn't have attributes." God doesn't just have love. He is love, right? God doesn't have kindness. He is the standard of kindness. Uh, you know, and, and so when we're talking about truth, he doesn't just walk in truth. He is the standard of truth. There is no, you know, and I, I say this every now and then about things with God because I think sometimes we have a perception, like if if somebody says, okay, if, if, they, if they say that I'm kind, Okay, now there was many years, I don't know many people would actually say that I was kind. Uh, I would like to think that more and more people now see that there's kindness in my life because I, you know, I really believe that God's done a work in my heart. But there was a long time where I don't know if kindness would have been one of the things that people would have said. And still, you know what, I, I know it's still something I'm growing in, okay? But but let's say somebody happens to catch me on that day and say, hey, you know, Daryl's really kind. Well, the reason why they would say that is because they would observe me doing something and in their mind, they would have a standard of kindness that they would measure me up to. And so they would say, well, I know kindness looks this way and this way and this way. And based on this standard that is basically outside of me, they would say, Daryl is matching up to that standard. And so Daryl is kind because he's doing things that in my estimation of the standard of kindness, he's doing those things. And therefore I can describe him as kind because he's reflecting this, this external standard of kindness. Okay. And just like if somebody were to say that I was mean or hurtful, they would have an exterior thing in their mind of what the definition of hurtful and mean are. And they would measure me up to that that exterior definition and they would say, okay, he's being hurtful or he's being mean because this is my external definition and they measure me up to that standard, right? And so they would describe me in relation to a standard they have in their mind, okay? And so here's the thing about God. We do not measure God up to an external standard. He is the standard, okay? So there is not an external standard of truth. And we don't look at God and say, I judge him as being truthful because he lines up to my external standard of truth. No, he is the standard of truth. He is truth. There is no truth outside of him. Anything that doesn't line up to God is not truth because he is truth. He has the word of truth. He is, there is no, there's nothing. Truth begins with him. Okay. He is the beginning of truth. He is the identity of truth. He is the definition of truth. He is the standard of truth. And so, 
And so this is why people hate in, in the world when, when I'm talking about people who are not renewed and stuff and people who are not saved. They hate the, the concept of truth because truth is it, it, truth doesn't bend. Truth is not cultural. Truth is not based on perspective. Truth is not relative in any way. Truth is truth. And so, so people outside of God hate the concept of truth because it, it, truth demands that they bend their way of thinking to it. And they hate, they hate it because it rubs up against pride. Pride says, I can think however I want to think. I have a free will. I can think however I want to think. I can be whatever I want to be. Blah, 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 blah. No, no, that's not true. Truth is truth. Truth is the standard by which everything measures up to, and God is that truth. And so when it says it's impossible for God to lie, it's because he has no falsehood in him. He does not carry the nature of falsehood in any way. He is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, the devil, it says that he has no truth in him, right? He's the father of lies, and no truth is in him, okay? They're, they are opposite, okay? And so, and so God, though, cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. Now, when I begin to understand that, it says there in Hebrews, that when I begin to understand that, number one, that that. It, it it everything is confirmed by that everything is it, notice what it says here it says that um uh da, 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 says uh that we that, that we might have strong consolation and who have fled for the refuge uh, of, uh, uh, that says upon the hope that's set before us, which hope we have an anchor to our soul, both sure and steadfast. So here he says that that the the principle or the the um. The reality is a better way to put it. The reality of God being impossible for him to lie. The, the fact that God is truth and that his word is truth. That, that we know that he can't separate himself from his word. His word and him are one. When we know that, then we know that his word is impossible for God to express anything but truth. It's impossible for God to convey anything but truth. It's impossible for God to to manifest anything but truth. So when we look at his word, it has to be truth. It is truth. It is truth incarnate. It's truth is it's, it's truth in 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 this world. It's truth. It is truth. Okay. And when we know that, it's a strong consolation to our soul. It's a it's a a an anchor to our soul that is sure and steadfast. Our soul requires an anchor. Our soul requires something to keep it immovable in in a constantly shifting world that doesn't know what truth is. Truth says, I mean, the, the world says that truth is relative. The world says that truth changes with the cultures, with the generations, with the times. That is not accurate. The reality is there is one truth, and that is God. And it, and he remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says that, that God's word is settled forever in heaven. Praise God. Now, these are things we need to meditate. And this is what I really want to encourage you today is just meditate this out. Uh, excuse me. Um, uh something just happened with my foot. But uh, anyway, uh, but we meditate this. We meditate the fact that God's word is truth. Now, when we, okay, Paul said it this way in, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. He encouraged the, Thessalon, the Thessalonians, the church at Thessalonica, he encouraged them because he said, he said, hey, you received what I said, not as the words of men, but as it was truly the word of God. And so they, he, he, he pointed out that there was a distinction with how they received what he was saying. He said, you could have received it like the words of men, but instead you received it like the word of God as it was. He, the, because there's a different nature with the word of men with, versus the word of God. 
And we need to learn to receive those words differently. So when we're reading the Bible, uh, we need to receive those things differently. And this is like, you know, Rachel, she, before we got married, you know, when she was growing up, she read a lot for just entertainment. You know, she read a lot of different, you know, like romance books or whatever for entertainment. She said she used to like, she used to like have a book that she would, she would read it while she was driving. She would literally have it on her steering while reading about reading a book while she was driving the car, you know? And then she was like, she said in, in, in school, she would, she would have her school books there, but she would have a, a, a romance book or whatever in the books. You know, she was obviously kind of addicted to these things, but she read a lot. And so because of that, she became a very fast reader, but she was reading for entertainment. And, um, when we, after we got married, she'd already been saved for obviously quite a few years, but she, um, when we would talk about the word and, uh, she would be like, uh, how do you, how do you see that? So how do you, how do you, how do you draw that out of that? We just, I mean, we, we would still read the word together and, and, and she, I, I would tell her what I got out of it. And she'd like, how did we just read the same thing, you know? And I was like, well, number one, there's a gift on me for certain things. But at the same time, she realized that she was, she had to change the way she read. She had to change it from reading for entertainment to reading. This is the word of God. This is, this is, this word is settled forever in heaven, that this word will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this will never pass away. And this is my mirror. This is who I really am. And even though the world has tried to tell us who we are, the word of God is is truth to who I am. But when I begin to come into the word and 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 change the way that I I, I read the word. Now, now with that, um, it's important for us to know that we have to change how we how we come into God's word because he cannot lie. So our our approach to God's word is different than our approach to anybody else's word. Now, we can have respect for people and we can know people in our life that that literally, you know, try to keep their word. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person of my word. And I wasn't always that way, but when I got saved, I realized how important it was to keep my word. And and so I had to change how I gave my word. I had to change how I said things. And and the thing is, people know, if they've known me for very long, they know that I, I do my best, man. I, I try to keep my word at all costs. And, and it, the Bible says to give your word to your own hurt. In other words, if you give your word and then you find out it's going to cost you something to, to keep your word, you 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 let it cost you something. And I've had to do that lots of times where I, I've learned not to give my word very quickly because I, I, I hold my word to be a bond, you know, and so I, I have to do it. And so... Here's the thing, though. If if somebody asks me if I'm going to be somewhere at a certain time, and they know me pretty well, and I say, okay, I'm going to be there at five o'clock. Now they know that I will probably be there probably early. I'll probably be there a few minutes early, but no, no matter what, I'll be there by five. Okay, but they still, when they're talking to me, they know even though my intent is to be there at five, they know that there's a lot of variables that I can't control. You know, I can't control the traffic and I can't control if there's a, a tree that fell over the road. You know, I can't control, you know, if I can, there's a lot of variables I can't control that might impede me from getting there on time. Now, obviously they also know that if I'm going to be late, I'm, I'm probably going to let them know, Hey, emergency came up. I'm going to be late or I have to reschedule or something. They know I'm going to communicate, but still when they're talking to me, they know that I intend to keep my word. I am not purposely deceiving them. I'm not purposely lying to them. I'm not purposely trying to tell them something that's not 
100% accurate. I'm I'm purposely trying to to be a man of my word. I'm purposely trying to say things that are 100% accurate all the time. But they know. They know that I cannot control everything. So somewhere in the back of their mind, even if it's 1%, even if it's just 1%, 1% would be like, well, 99%, I, I, I totally believe Daryl's going to be there. But 1% says there's variables he can't, he can't control. So maybe he won't be there. There's still a 1%, maybe he won't be there because there's things that I can't control. And they know I can't control those things. I know I can't control those things. So even though my intent is to only say the truth, I don't have the power or the, the, the authority to make sure that my word is always 100% accurate. I don't even know, even though it's my intent. So understand this, that, that, that even if people are talking to me and they know that I'm a man of my word, they need to look at God's word differently than my word. Because we shouldn't even have 1% that says that it's not going to come to pass. God cannot lie. Because whatever he says not only will come to pass, but has already happened. He's already done it before the foundations of the world. You know, He doesn't live in a linear timeline like our natural bodies do. He, What was and is and is to come has already happened. He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. So if he's already said it, then it's already been done. It's not going to be done. It's already been done. Even if it hasn't manifested on this earth yet, because there because you know we haven't it's it's going to come tomorrow next day or whatever that that timeline doesn't exist in heaven he's already done it it's already settled forever in heaven and so when we when we are are coming into the word we need to realize god cannot lie and when we come in and and if he says by jesus stripes i was healed then everything else that's opposed to that is a lie you see, it, it not only changes my perception of God's Word and my relationship to God's Word, but now suddenly it changes my, my relationship to everything opposing that. Now I'm not wrestling with sickness because I know it's a lie. I know sickness is a lie, even though it might be manifesting in my body, even though there might be a, a physical symptom that might be a fact. Facts will change, but truth will never change. And truth is designed to change the fact. Truth is designed to have supremacy over the fact. But I have to believe the Word right? And so it says all things are possible to those who believe. I, when I believe the word, when I attach my, my, my trust, when I attach things to it, now you understand my, our trust, um, our trust is like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a contract, right? Our trust, when we give our trust to God, we are, we are binding ourselves to God in a very a vulnerable way because we know that, you know, people are like, well, you know, I've been hurt so many times. I don't know if I can trust people again. God never asked me to trust people. There's nowhere in the Bible where God asked me to trust anybody. He literally says, you know, uh, of course, I know, uh, you know, obviously we know, you know, we can we can trust our husband or wife or whatever like that. But still, there's a level of trust that is is unique to God. God says to trust him. He, he never, nowhere in the Bible does it even say that I'm supposed to trust my wife. It never even says that anywhere in the Bible. Now, we've come up with those things, and I'm not saying it's wrong to trust your wife. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the Bible says for me to love my wife. It says for me to love people. It doesn't say for me to trust them. It says that I should love those people at a very, very high level. As Christ loves the church, I love my wife. As Christ loves me, I love people around me. When he died for me, I die for them. But the thing is, when I trust God, when I put all my trust in God, and I know he's never going to let me down because he cannot lie, because I know that he is only only for me and never against me. I know that I'm the apple of his eye. I know all these things. When I trust God, that allows me to love people at a higher level. The problem is we're trying to trust people. And, and actually the word says that it's foolish to put our trust in man because 
man can't control anything, you know, or can control very little. But God, he is the Almighty. And so when we actually put our trust in him, we need to realize that our trust, you know, our trust in our faith is designed for God. That's how strong trust is. That's how strong faith is. It's designed to be put in God alone. And so God created trust and he created faith so that we would have something that matches his ability. So we would have something that matches his likeness. So we would have something that matches the power of his word. So my trust and my faith is literally by design limitless so that it would actually be put in a limitless God so I could see limitlessness come into my life. But what the first thing I have to do is I have to begin to meditate. What does it really mean today? I just want to encourage you today. Begin to meditate. What does it mean that God cannot lie? So when God says, literally when God says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and God, he says, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. He says that, that, that you know, I will supply all your needs according to, to, to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He says that I will make all grace abound to you, that you will have all sufficiency and all things abound to every good work. These are things that these are not something that might happen, this is God who cannot lie. So when we begin to understand that he cannot lie, then we begin to hear these words, not as promises for the future, but as a settled truth that's already been, praise God. And so when we begin to to to, to understand that God cannot lie, we get real excited about a word that he says because we know that it is truth and nothing else can stand in the way of truth. His truth is settled forever in heaven, praise God. And all I have to do is believe that and allow it to come out of my heart and my mouth. I just have to allow it to come out of my heart and my mouth. No, this is the truth, praise God. And and we need to understand that, that there is a difference between truth, you know, and fact, and there's a difference between truth and just a promise that we that we have a perception of that will someday come to pass. Truth is truth. It's established forever. It's already been done. And so we can settle it right now. Whether we see it today or we see it tomorrow, it's still settled. We have just as much strength and just as much confidence. We have a a refuge and we have an anchor to our soul that is that is literally anchored in the fact and the truth that God cannot lie. There's a reality of God's word that literally has created all of the heavenly realms, and his word is settled forever there. And he wants our his word to be settled forever in our life. And what we have to do simply is attach our faith to it, and that is the conduit from heaven into the earth, into our life. So Father, right now, we just thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you. You cannot lie. And Father, just a greater revelation of that, a greater understanding, a greater, Father God, just just such a revelation of understanding that, Father God, it just shakes us that we begin to read your word differently. We begin to understand our relationship with you and the things around us in such a different way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.